All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Bar Exam Game Plan Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really excited to connect with you today and bring you our next guest, Simena Puente Arnau. And she will be connecting with us about her experience and her journey passing the bar exam. And uh, Simena, it's good connecting with you. Good to see you. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. And so let's go ahead and get started. You know, the, the, the first question that I'd like to ask is just give us a brief introduction about yourself and which bar exam it was that you passed. Okay. So I, um, I was born in Lima, Peru in South America, but was raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. I graduated from UCLA. I was a major in political science and then just recently, well, last year now, um, graduated from McGeorge School of Law in Sacramento. Um, awesome. I original my first time, my first attempt at the bar was July 2019. I took it yeah. at the Oakland Convention Center, did not pass, and I retook the bar exam just uh, this past February 2020 in Ontario, um, and I passed that one. So that is that is the February 2020 is the time that I passed. All right, congratulations. And and I know that that was a tough bar exam and you were part of the minority. So congratulations on that. Honestly, incredible feat. Thank you so much. It definitely, you know, I I definitely felt that it was a much tougher exam than the July one. Um, so I was very happily surprised that I passed. <laughs> I'm still very happy. I'm still overjoyed about it. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And so, you know, and I, I don't know if the folks knew this, you're talking about Ontario, California in Southern California, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I actually took the, the first time I took the bar exam after I graduated from UC Davis, like right down from where you went to law school, mm-hmm. I took it in Sacramento. Uh, okay. So the Sacramento Convention Center there. And then my second time where I passed, Ontario, California as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, my second time, that's when I uh, I went down south, and my parents were actually living in Ontario at the time. So okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I originally um, I lived in San Francisco, um, which is why I took the Oakland exam, or I'm sorry, why I took the exam in Oakland, and then mm. in February, Oakland actually sold out um, oh. pretty quickly. Yes. So by the time that I got the results and that I had failed the July bar, so in November we got the results. Right. By the time I logged in to sign up to take the February exam, I only had the option to go down to Ontario um, because Oakland Convention Center had been sold out. So I actually had to fly down a few days earlier um, and get settled in Ontario to take the exam down there. Well, you know, before I ask you a little bit about the resources that helped you the second time around to really pass the bar exam, you know, tell us a little bit about that experience. How did you shift your strategy for purposes of, you know, having to take the bar exam in an area where you weren't from, right? Because my parents were in Ontario, so that's why I went down there. But for you, it was a matter of there's no more space in your preferred test taking Exactly. And that actually I had, I've made a few notes that I wanted to touch on this um, during this conversation because I'm from San Francisco. So I have family and friends and support system there. So Oakland only made sense. Um, and then having to find out that I needed to take it in Ontario, it did throw me for, I was definitely not comfortable with it. It did throw me for a little bit of a loop, but again, I had no choice. So um, 
What I actually did the second time around, which I found very helpful and is some of the advice that I've been giving people who have asked me is I got a hotel room a week before the exam in Ontario. So at the Oakland Convention Center, I got a hotel room two nights before, or I think I, I think the exam was Tuesday, Wednesday, I checked in Monday, checked out after the exam. But my second time around, I went an entire week ahead of time. Um, and really just buckled down and focused for those last few days. I think I stayed at the Holiday Inn, the hotel right across the street. It was perfect. I found a new little schedule at that hotel for a week. They had a gym. I worked out. I studied. I ate at the hotel lobby. I got takeout. I walked to the exam across the street, which was so much more helpful than when I took it in Oakland and I had to drive. I had to park. I had to deal with traffic. I still stayed at a hotel near the Oakland Convention Center. But Oakland, it's such a bigger, such more of a bigger city than Ontario, where you have to deal with parking, you have to deal with getting in the elevator. (laughs) I mean, all these things just add to the stress of the day. Um, So being in Ontario, setting up shop a week before, just walking across the street to the convention center on test days, may I feel like made a huge difference in minimizing the anxiety and the stress that you're already feeling on that day, on those days. Oh, man, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it it definitely speaks volumes to the fact that despite that challenge, you were able to adapt and adjust your strategy so that it, it wouldn't throw you off as much. And I, and I like the, um, you know, the planning that went around it so that you can settle into the space where you were going to be sleeping, eating, exercising, studying a week before. Because when you do it too close to the exam, there might not be enough room to do that. So it's a, you know, it's an investment, but it's an important that, one. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing I was going to mention is that it's definitely um, a cost um, because you're paying for so many nights of a hotel room. But also, and this is maybe going a little bit further, but I do almost wish that I had considered that the first time that I took it. Taking it in Oakland, my hotel room, just to throw out some numbers was about $400, $500 a night. Mm. And there's no way I could have afforded to do that for more than the two nights that are suggested or encouraged. Right. Um, Oakland, especially there's all the hotels are sold out. They sell out so quick. The prices keep going up because mm. they know there's thousands of students showing up to take this exam. One of the th- suggestions I've been giving is if you can, and if you're able to look a little further out than you would, or that you had imagined that you would take your exam. Ontario, my hotel room, I think was maybe $90 a night. So much cheaper, Mm. so much more affordable than what I paid for two nights in Oakland. Um, Wow, yeah. Yeah, and you know, you just never, I never thought to look further than where I was studying to take the exam. So if somebody wants to consider that, take a look, you never know, like you might be more comfortable elsewhere. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Really appreciate just kind of throwing out some some numbers for folks to consider and think about as they plan their strategy. And I want to dig into the actual resources that you found the most helpful to really help you take, you know, and pass the bar exam. Because I know um, what the tools and resources were that helped me the second time around. And honestly, when you retake the bar exam, you know what worked and you know what didn't work. Absolutely. Right. right? And mm-hmm. so 
when folks pass the first time, that's great and everything, but you're still kind of in the dark as to, okay, did, it, did that what really work or did I get lucky on that? You know, and when you take it again, it's like, you know, that that was your weakness. You had to turn it into a strength and I had to use this resource and this tool to make it happen. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, um, I went with Barbary for my bar prep course. I also use Adaptabar, which I found very helpful. And I also purchased the Critical Pass Index card. So I made a few notes about each of them, what I loved, what I didn't so much, and what really worked. Um, I ultimately decided to go with Barbary. I mean, in law school, like you remember, you get thrown all the different options. This one's better with this one. We have these numbers. I mean, you really don't know where to go. I chose Barbary because of the live lectures that they offered. I went back and forth a little bit on this, but knowing my style of learning, I knew that having to be in a lecture hall at 9 a.m. for a live lecture was really gonna help structure my study approach. Um, so I moved to San Francisco so that I could attend live lectures at UC Hastings. Um, and it, that was probably one of the things that worked the best for me. I had spoken with a few students who did Barbary and although they told me, and, and this is true, that the professors during the lecture don't really encourage questions to be asked because there's so much material to get through. But during the breaks, which there are a few of them during the day, you can absolutely go up to the professors and get that question answered when you're on that topic. And I felt that that was so helpful because on weekends when I had a question, for example, to email Barbary and then get an email back 48, 24 hours later, I've, I'm in a different area of law now. I don't even know, like now I have to go back. It just for me, it, the live lectures were really incredibly helpful. And I only did that the first time. Unfortunately for the February exam, they didn't offer live lectures. So it was just online. Um, so I found that incredibly helpful. Also, UC Hastings left their lecture halls open for students to use to continue studying. Um, so it was after I was done with my lecture for the day, I would just go into one of these rooms use the whiteboards to write out my attack sheets, my outlines, um, just kind of have an entire room to myself instead of being at home where, you know, I'll throw in a load of laundry while I, <laughs> before I get to this or, you know, make myself another lunch or another snack. Um, so being in a lecture hall really helped me just focus on the task at hand. Um, and so, that is what definitely one of the things that I loved about Barbary was how well the live lectures allowed me to really structure my day around that um, and get in as many hours as possible of studying a day. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, and you know, there, there are a lot of options in terms of like just watching video replays mm -hmm. versus, you know, live lectures. And, and you, you talked about the, the pros and cons uh, very well on that. Yeah. Anything and I that think you for the, sorry? Oh, no, go ahead. I think also as a second time taker, I also didn't no longer felt the need to sit through all the lectures, um, which as a the first time, absolutely, I needed to sit through all of those lectures. I found them to really help with processing all of the information. Um, but then the second time around, I more so just focused on areas of the lecture that I needed to review, revise, um, review, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, but then the other, the other resource that I use was Adaptabar, which is pretty popular for the MBEs. My, as you know, if you don't pass, you get your you get your scores back. 
And so my scores the first time around for my MBEs were not strong. And I, the second time around, focused more on MBEs. That's where I placed most of my studying focus because I had done fine on essays, but it was MBEs that I really needed to be more detailed about my rules or understand the differences a little bit better to be able to pick up those points. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, of Adaptive Bar. I think it does such an excellent job at, you know, not just explaining when you get it wrong, but when you get it right and why you got it right. And then seeing the different numbers um, for those who've never used Adaptive Bar, you pick an answer choice and then it'll even give you the percentage of the students who picked that one. So it's interesting to see like, oh, yes, 60 students, 60% of students picked this answer choice. Um, but that was the wrong one. Like, let's really get into the detail of why that was wrong. But 60% of test takers picked that one. Yeah. Um, so I found that really helpful as well. Awesome. And then critical pass, which was the the, the index cards, that didn't work. Those didn't work for me. So I mm. found that I learned by creating my own index cards. I learn in the process of writing down my rules, writing down the elements um, versus critical or I'm sorry, critical pass is already there. It's already written for you. So I felt that it was the same as my Barbary books or the Adaptive Bar app. Um, so I didn't find them that helpful, um, but I know a lot of students do find them incredibly helpful and they do leave some room on those index cards to write your own notes. They just didn't work for me. So you did use index cards, but they were ones that you created for the subjects that you needed to emphasize and work on. Exactly. And I actually created a lot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I actually created a lot of my index cards based off of Adaptive Bar explanations of their answers. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, and also one last point on Adaptive Bar is that they have an app for your phone. And I pretty much use that. Like I would do 20 as soon as I woke up in the morning in bed before wow. even brushing my teeth, before my coffee, just laying in bed, reviewing a few a few questions. And then also, I was a little bit, especially the second time around, I just wanted to make sure that MBE wasn't the reason I wasn't going to pass again. Yeah. Um, so I would lay in bed and just in my on my phone, instead of scrolling through Instagram, I was <laughs> going through MBEs. And I mean, it's helpful, right? Every question that you can get done is going to help you get one step closer to that point. Yeah, no, and especially if you're reviewing both, you know, why you got it wrong, but also, okay, did I get it right for the right reason? Or you know, mm -hmm. did I get lucky, right? Which is what I yeah. tell people, you know, when you get it right, make sure that you understand why you got it right. And then when you get it wrong, why you got that wrong answer, so. Exactly, and I, what I noticed was I started doing so many of them that when new ones would come up, they had, they had only changed times people's names, like there's mm -hmm. only so many different ways that they can present a rule of art or test you on it, that even once you get to the exam, it is the best feeling in the world to get a question. And you're like, I already know exactly what this answer is, because I remember this question. And you just need to find that answer on the ABCDE. And you're good to go. Yeah. Best feeling in the world. I think Adaptive Art helped me get there for a lot of questions. Awesome. No, thanks for sharing with that. And Thanks for sharing that tip. And I think mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks um, definitely use Adaptive Bar. And if you haven't, you know, if you don't know what Adaptive Bar is, definitely look into it. I know uh, all of my clients, I'd say yeah, ninety percent use Adaptive Bar. Um, yeah, plus another another resource here and there. Uh, but yeah, I think that's really important.
so from your end, you may have answered this already, but I'm going to ask you uh, to get to to get your perspective. And what was the biggest challenge that you faced during bar prep, and how did you overcome it? Mm-hmm. So I had about I had two that I wrote down as um, I remember being difficult for me. The first one being that I went through a pretty difficult breakup during my um, or a few weeks before graduation. And um, I think, I mean, typically the, you know, the heartbreak advice that you get is go on trips, make sure, you know, you take up a new activity, find a new hobby. None of those are conducive to bar prep. Like you can't do any of those. So of course I had to find a different way to deal with those emotions. If you've ever gone through heartbreak, it can be fully consuming at times. Um, So that was, I think, hard. If I had had it my way, obviously I would have had everything be perfect during my bar prep. Um, But that's not how life works. Life For us, it feels like life pauses during bar prep. At least that's how I felt. Um, But unfortunately, that's just not how life is and things happen that are out of your control or that you would have preferred maybe didn't happen at that time. Um, So as far as that goes, I, you know, I had no choice. I had to find a way to focus and get to a level of focus that was probably like a once in a lifetime goal. So, um, so yeah, I was fortunate enough to be at home so I could go to dinner with my parents or make time to grab tea with a girlfriend um, and still be able to switch my focus back to bar prep. Um, so that I think, and I, and I think there's, you know, there's no quick fix to that. It's, it is, it's something that happens. Anything can really happen. And I just think that, as as hard as it is, you have to find a way to just be able to put all that focus and all that energy into your bar prep. Um, And so I don't have like a, the perfect advice for something like that, but I will say making sure that you make, give yourself time to still see a girlfriend or um, still give yourself half a day off for a hike or, you know, some self care. And I think that goes, whether you're going through something difficult or just going through studying for the bar exam, which is so stressful. Um, So that was one challenge that I faced. And then the other challenge was just, and and I noticed this as I got closer to the exam was how am I going to remember all of this material before July 30th? And, And the closer I got, the, you know, I would see an MBE question that I had not reviewed. I had no memory of it. It would just hurt my confidence so much. I just Mm. felt like I was not prepared. And this helped me a lot. My second time is the reality is you cannot learn all of that information before July 30th. It's two and a half months of prep. We, some of us haven't touched that area of law since 1L. Um, so there's a little bit of, I learned to just accept, okay, I am not going to get the rule against perpetuities down. I need to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurting myself by putting more hours into this rule than learning other rules where I could pick up more points. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the other challenge for me was just accepting like, no, you're not going to learn it. You're not going to learn all of it. You're not going to know all of it. You're not going to master every area before this exam. Um, and I 
yeah, that definitely was was a really difficult hurdle for me to get over. Just that acceptance of okay, I'm gonna be okay, not knowing everything. That's that's probably one of the biggest hurdles of this exam for a lot of people. And I'm so glad, you know, you're you're coming from the perspective of taking again historically the hardest bar exam in California, with the lowest bar passage rate, and so. Um, I know you mentioned, hey, you know, I don't have an answer for when you go through a breakup and that, you know, emotionally consumes you. And um, also, you know, you're not going to know it all. But even having gone through that, because even your second time around, those were recent, you know, circumstances, you picked yourself back up and you showed that you are able to regain focus to a, a level that's required to pass a very challenging bar exam. And so in and of itself, you just sharing your experience and your journey is very helpful. So, you know, really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I, the bar exam is a beast. It is <laughs> a beast. And I, you know, just talking to friends who passed the first time or who passed the second time or who might be sitting for it again, I just remind myself a friend who told me it's not a matter if if you'll pass it's a matter of when you'll pass mm. everybody has different circumstances sometimes things are out of our control but as long as you're being honest with yourself about how many hours and how much how many true hours you're putting into your studying you're gonna get there you've done the work it's just a matter of and i think that's what makes it really difficult the second time around is like wow i thought i really prepared that first time and i didn't pass so now what, right? Yeah. Like that, those were the thoughts that then I struggled with the second time around. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I, I think there was, I think that's just a challenge that you have to try to remind yourself. Like that's, you know, your self-talk of like, no, you, you do have this. You just, mm -hmm. you just need to keep moving forward, keep pushing, keep memorizing, um, and, and it'll happen. Yeah, I love that. So if you were to leave us with the best, best piece of advice you know, that um, you would like to give to someone who is currently preparing for the bar exam. And we know, right, that things have changed. It's no longer mm -hmm. in July for a lot of jurisdictions. It has shifted to either September 9th and 10th or, or September 30th and October 1st. You know, some people are putting it off till February uh, just mm -hmm. because of everything that's going on. Um, what advice do you want to leave folks with? Oof. <laughs> uh, so one advice bundled into a package. That one, that's hard. But, you know, I will say it comes down to each person just being honest with their side. I, th I think I already mentioned this, but being honest with yourself about how many hours you're putting in and how you're using those hours. Um, my first time that I took it, I didn't memorize that much. And I think that that is what I know that that's what hurt me in the MBEs because the MBEs are very different than the skills that you need for the essays, at least in California. Um, and so the second time around, I was very honest with myself, sit down and memorize, sit down and memorize. I just kept telling myself every hour that I could memorize, 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 because I did not do that the first time around. And it was, it reflected in my MBE score. So I think, if I had one final advice to give to somebody who's taking it or who's gonna take it again, is just be honest with yourself about how many hours you're truly putting in. Are you truly sitting down and 
doing eight hours of true work? Or are you scrolling through Instagram? Are you taking a call? Are you maybe at the gym for a little too long, which, you know, you sometimes you need that sometimes you need you need that outlet. Um, but I think that that is what it comes down to. And if you put the time in, the result will come with it. I love it. I love it. Zimena, I want to thank you for your time and just kind of sharing your, your, your tips and all of your guidance. Honestly, it would really help a lot of people who are preparing and going through their journey. So uh, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and good luck to everyone taking the exam. Yes, yes. Um, all right, everyone. So this is Fernando signing off as always, wishing you great luck and success. And I look forward to catching you at the next episode. Bye, Zimena. Bye.